0: just ain't everybody here today. Now I was thinking a while ago, we was talking about uh, where we stand. All we got to do is read Matthew, the 24th chapter, and we realize where we are really standing with God. Yeah. Well, I was sitting today, and I was thinking, Lord, you know, God always changes your mind about 20 times before you get up to minister. Well, we're going to talk, and we're going to start reading in the book of John, the 5th chapter, We'll need that in just a minute. How many know about the pool of Bethesda? Huh? You couldn't just walk in it and get healed. What had to happen? You had to get wait till the water was troubled to go in there. Jesus did something down there by that pool one day. He walked up and he saw a man that had been laying there and he said, Why don't you get to the pool? And he said, Lord, every time I try, somebody else gets ahead of me. Yeah. And God said, all right, right, I believe you can walk in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And he did. I'm going to read it because I may not be saying it exactly right. And after these were the feast of the Jews, went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was a Jerusalem a sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethlehem having five porches. In those lay great multitude of important folk, important folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. How many remember, now we're talking about the movement of the water, but I want to know how many remember the movement of the Spirit the first time you received the Holy Ghost. Huh? How many remember how you felt? Do you still feel it the same way today as you did all them years back? Or has it kind of withered away a little bit? We need to get back where we once was and say, Lord, I don't know where I am now, how I got where I am, but I want to get back to the way that I felt the night I turned my life to you. I can look back all them years and say, oh, I felt that. I felt something different that night. I carried it home with me. I want to know how I can get closer. We need to learn today to be as they did at that river, at that pool, and say, Lord, I'm waiting on you. Lord, I'm ready, God, to enter in. But, you know, we've got to put a little action behind it and put one foot in front of the other and say, here I come. Lord, accept me. You know, we can live a Christian life and we can go to church every day. The church the doors are open. We can pray seven days a week. But until we set in our heart to really do what God has told us to do, we're not where we need to be with God. Come on. Come on. He said, wait till the water is troubled. And those lay great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the movement of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole. And whatsoever disease he had. You know, a lot of people had faith back then in that pool. They had faith in that pool. Well, I've got a pool for you tonight to have faith in. Jesus Christ, huh? here's that pool we need to go to. We don't have to worry about waiting until the water is troubled. We don't have to worry about waiting until a certain time. We've got our healing. It's already there. We've got the Holy Ghost. It's already there. We've got deliverance. It's already there. We don't have to remain in the mountain, in the valley, because we can get to the mountaintop. It's already there. Woo. Hallelujah. I feel good tonight. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity at 30 and 8 years. And Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. And he said unto them, "Wilt thou be made whole? Now notice, he didn't say be made whole. He asked that man, Will you be made whole? Do we have that faith tonight if Jesus Christ asks us we'll be made whole? He's asking. If anything, you got any problem tonight, he's asking. He said, wilt thou be made whole? And the the, uh, impotent man answered answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. He said, rise, take up thy bed and walk. He didn't say you might be able to do it. He didn't say do it tomorrow, but he said do it right now. God has put a calling on our lives tonight, and he's not telling us to wait. He's saying do it now. He's telling the church to rise and walk. I am preaching to the church because God has put a message on my mind for the last several months, and the church is getting ready to go back and get higher in God than what it's ever been before because we're on our way for something that we've never seen before. Right. It is coming. God has shown me many things that's coming. We have got to get the church ready. And as a pastor, I preached it. I preached it when I was a filling, in, Pastor, and I got preaching right now. We have got to get ourselves ready. Church is looking for a great problem. We're headed somewhere. But you know, God is preparing us. I remember in the 60s and 70s, you'd go in a meeting and you might not get out of that meeting until 11 or 12 o'clock at night. Right. Huh? Now, now you're lucky. You're lucky if you get out at 8. They say, oh, man, how come you held so long? Huh? Back in the old days, probably you say it all you want because service might last all day. We don't have to worry about that no more. Why? Because man has started running the church. We have quit letting God run the church. If the church is going to step up where God has got for it to go, we have got to let God take control. So examine yourself and say, Lord, where do I stand now compared to where I was from the time I started? I remember when I walked the aisle. I remember when I gave my heart. I remember my first message. Am I as strong as I was? I hope I'm stronger. I feel like I am. Our desire is as a. is the servant of God is to be stronger each and every day, not to be satisfied where we're at, but to get higher, to get more and more because we can never get enough. Don't worry about biting on more than you can chew. I got to help you out. I ain't got a problem eating it. I love eating it. Ain't nothing like eating this stuff. I feed it I, I feed it all the time, but I love it when I get fed. I love Aww. to get fed. Huh, come on, if we don't get fed, we're in trouble too. Yeah, yeah we got to get some feeding. And a multitude, the man was made, and immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. Now listen, I know that this is about a man that was sitting by a pool that got troubled, but let me tell you something. I am preaching about a church that is sitting by a pool that's always troubled, and the church is going to have to get in that pool and take take some advantage of it because we are falling from where we once was with God. I'm preaching it hard tonight, but I'm telling you the truth. The church ain't where they used to be. They think they are, but in reality, when they look back and say, Lord, man, I just don't do that like I used to. I don't pray on bended knees like I used to. I don't go to church every time the doors are open like I used I'll let, I'll let any kind of thing step in my way from doing what I need to do for God. But we need to say, Lord, I'm going to kick it out of the way, and I'm going to keep going. It shouldn't make no difference what God tells us to do. We should have time right then. We're getting close to the time where the church has got to be ready. We are the bridegroom, and I believe that Christ is getting ready to come and take the bride home. I believe that Christ is getting ready to come and take the bride home. And according to the Bible, all those that are dead in Christ are going to rise first. And that that, those that are alive and remain are going to be called up to meet him, huh? That's what the Bible said. Makes no difference whether you're dead in Christ or not. I don't make no difference. I'm ready to go. Talking about funerals a while ago, the Bible said rejoice. Rejoice. One of the hardest funerals I ever preached when I preached my dad's funeral. But well, let me tell you something. God put me through it. God took me all the way through it. I never preached a message so hard in my life, and I'll never preach another one that hard. But let me tell you something. God will always give you strength. If you look to God, He's always going to give you what you need. A lot of people get up in the morning and never think about whether or not they need to praise God. They just get up and they get ready and they go to work and they you know, they're home. And then they say, well, I ain't even said thank God today. I'm talking about Christ that he's coming after church has made herself ready. Have you made yourself ready? Have you actually made yourself ready? You can act like you have and you can look like you have. But let me tell you something. Holy Ghost, having a Holy Ghost and living a holy life is two different things. I believe you have to have the Holy Ghost, but I got I believe you gotta live a life of holiness all the ways. If you don't live that life of holiness, you're wasting your time. We shouldn't have to tell nobody we're a Christian, right? This should, should be known by our fruits that we bear, known by the actions that we take, known by how we look, how we act. Come on, well, I'm not going out there to fit into the world. I, I'm going out there to fit into the body of Christ. We got too many now wanting to fit into the world. But Jesus also did something at that pool. If you'll think about it, he did something to prove that he was stronger, that he was powerful than any human being could ever be. He made that lame man walk. Huh? The pool didn't have to be troubled. Nobody had to sit there and pray for two or three hours for healing. He said, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And that man stood up and started walking, and it was a Sabbath day. In case you don't know, God wasn't supposed to do that on Sabbath day. Well, that's what they said, but God said, "I can do whatever I want on Sabbath day." And he did it. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Come on! If you are sloping or if you are slacking on God, if you falling a little bit of sleep, if you're starting to get drowsy behind this Holy Ghost wheel, take something to bring you back. Take something to wake you up. Get back where you need to be with God. Because church, we don't have long before we're going to have to be on a big roller coaster, and it's going to be up and down and up and down, and the old devil's going to get stronger and stronger, and we've got to be stronger than we've ever been in our life. not coming after a weak church we got to be strong he's not coming after a church that's not ready he's coming after a church that's made herself ready so if you're not ready then you're not in the church come on I might be preaching a little hard but if you're not ready you're not in the church we have got to show God we're ready because he he is going to come when he gets ready to come you know there's a there's an old song that I sing sometime. It used to be singing. I forgot who sang it. But it talks about how they, blues long gone. and they looked back, and they walked the aisle and found the joy they used the joy that they never had, huh? Looked back and found a joy. They looked back and they started praising God. I walked the aisle and I found that joy that makes me shout. Sins were gone. My soul was filled with peace. The Bible talks about. Well, I called on God the Father. And the Father called me child. I met him at the altar with the night I walked the aisle. Did you? Huh? I met God when I told when I got the Holy Ghost, and I decided I was going to start living for God. And God called me to minister. I started doing it. I looked back and I said, "Lord, I can't be. I don't know if you really call him. you're really calling me or not because my dad's a minister." I don't know if you're really calling me or not because my grandma's a minister. I don't know if you're really calling me or not because it's what I want to do. But, Lord, I tell you what, I'm going to try to do it anyhow. And I did it. I started ministering for God. You know what? A lot of people, are mama called and papa sent. Huh? Huh? They're not really wanting to do it. It's not what they're supposed to do. We need to examine our lives and say, God, am I doing everything that you want me to do? We fail to look back as we in our Christian walk. We don't think about looking back where we've been. We don't think about looking back where, we, where we've come from and looking at where we're headed to to see where we need to line up at. We just keep on going day after day after day. Day after day, remember, always, look back. Lord, do I am I really as strong as I once was? Am I, do I really have what I once had? Because I tell you what, church, we are headed for in the, in the direction now that a lot of people don't realize. The earthquakes, the wars, the people that are chopping people's head off because they live for God. People are burning people at the stake because they live for God. What is it coming to? It is coming to the world that the, Jesus said is coming and it's coming to pass. Hey, it's not here yet per se, but it's on the way. I said, it's on the way, church. We have got to get ourselves ready for whatever the devil has in store because we can say all day, hey, I'm ready. Hey, I don't care. Let the devil bring it on. But until we actually get in our heart and say, Lord, I need to know where I stand. God, I need to be where I need to be when it's time. What do I need to do? Have you done it? Huh? Have you done it? When's the last time you got down on your knees and said, Lord, I don't want to pray for nobody but my walk with you. I don't want to pray for nothing but my walk with you. God, my walk with you right now is what my prayer is. Is it where I need to be? Do I need to do some fine-tuning? Do I need to do anything else other than what I'm doing? God, tell me what I need to do. A lot of people might do it, and then they don't want to listen to what God tells them. They're scared. People say, I didn't get an answer to the prayer that I prayed. Well, it's only because it wasn't the one you wanted. Huh? God don't always do what we want to do. God don't always take us where we want to go. He takes us where he wants us to be. We have got to follow as he did. We have got to follow. You know what? He could have said hey, look, when he went up to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prayed, the sweat became as the blood. He said, Lord, if it be thy will, Father, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do it no more, in other words. He said, Father, I don't want to lay down my life. I don't want to get on the cross. I don't want to have a crown of thorns on my head. He said, but if it be your will, let it pass for me. The Father gave him an answer, and Jesus had to hear it. He had to take it. What did he do? After he walked down and the woman was asleep, he said, sleep on. Too many people are going to sleep on him. Right. I ask you to watch for just a little while. Can you not watch for just a little while? Yeah. Can we not follow Jesus right? Can we not fo- wake up? Can we not watch where we're headed just a little while? Right. Okay. He gets down there and they say, Oh, they come to take Jesus. And old Peter reaches up with that sword, shoo, cuts off the ear of the soldier. Jesus said, No! I'm not doing it word for word. But he scooped down and he picked up the ear and he put it back on the soldier. Huh? I'm going willingly to bear this for my church. That's what he said. I'm going willingly to give my life. I don't care what they do to me. I don't care how they do it. I don't care if they give me vinegar to drink. I don't care if they put a thorn, a crown, a sword in my side. I don't care if they put a crown of thorns on my head. I'm going to do it. Now, let me tell you something. That crown of thorns, they just didn't lay it up there. They rammed it in his head. Went all the way down to the skull bone. Huh? I believe that Jesus Christ felt because he hungered. I know he felt the pain of that crown of thorns. Because he hungered, I know he felt the pain of that thorn going in his side. Right. Because he hungered, I know he felt taste of that vinegar they gave him to drink instead of water. The whole time he said, "Go ahead, drive the nails." Drive the nails in my hands and feet. I'm doing this for a people that is ready to serve me. I i have to to the Jews, and the Jews didn't take me." I'm going to turn to the Gentiles because they'll take me. The Gentiles has a reason. Tell them, people, I'm willing to let the hand, let them drive the hands, nails in my hands. Jesus did. We start getting a little persecution. We want to hide behind the wall. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't start being a Christian for some people to start making fun of me. I didn't start being a Christian for people to start saying, look at that holy roller. I didn't be a Christian for people to start saying, he's holier than thou. I started being a Christian because I felt like that's what I needed to do. Huh? How many started because you thought that's what you needed to do? Huh? God didn't make you. He called you and you answered. Now let's go to uh, John the 20th chapter and the 24th verse. That was I just read. Hebrews 4 and 11. That's what I need. Yeah, Hebrews 4th chapter and 11th verse. Getting mighty warm in here, but it feels good. <coughs> I don't usually use this Bible, I got a bigger one at the house. <laughs> All, right, go. All right, Hebrews 4 and 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. He said, "Let us therefore enter into the rest." What rest is he talking about? He's talking about the rest of Jesus Christ. Let us therefore enter in, lest in any, lest in any, it's for the example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Whew. Well, we, we've got a Bible boy that's sharp. We've got something that's sharp. goes all the way to the heart. You know, you get heartbroken when you lose the loved one. That's sharp. That's sharp. My dad laid in in the hospice for several months. He was in the hospital or he's in my living room in a hospital bed. I was ready to rejoice. I was ready to dance and say, Lord, thank you for taking him out of his misery. That's not I don't feel bad about it. Because I know that God took on an angel right there that'll go up there and blow that trumpet just as loud as Gabriel ever did. I know that God got an angel right there that'll go up and walk them streets and do whatever God tells them to do right there. He did it on this earth and he'll do it there. People, if we don't do it here, we're not going to make it there to do it. Walk that straight and narrow way. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him of whom which whom we have to do all things are open he knows everything don't think that when you get out there and go somewhere you shouldn't go on the weekend that God don't see you don't think because you do what you shouldn't do through the week God don't see you we have got to live every day as if it's our last day. You know, people preach about the end of time, and they say God's coming back to get us, and the world's ending, but guess what? We are not promised tomorrow as an individual. Our end of time could be tonight. We might not make it out them doors back there. Have we prayed up? Are we ready for our end time? As an individual, when God gets ready to come for me, I'm ready to go. I am ready to go because I know that I'm not promised tomorrow. I know I'm not promised five more minutes. I know the only promise I have is what I've got right here and what I'm doing right here, and I'm going to do it till I die. I don't care if I die in the pulpit. I hope I do. That's my desire is to work for God until I die. There's no retirement when you're working for God. You don't have a 401K. You work and work. Why? Because God worked and worked. He still works if we'll allow him to. Why do we think we don't get the healing we used to get, used to pray for healing and we would get it? We don't get it because we don't pray like we used to. We use it for a tool. You get a tool out of the toolbox, if you don't use it every day, it might not work right. You get an old battery-powered drill out, and if you don't use it every day, that battery's dead when you get it out next time. You wonder why. Huh? Recharge. People, we need to recharge ourselves every day. We need to get up in the morning and say, Lord, I know overnight something drained out of me. I'm going to take it back by the power of God. I'm going to recharge right now. As the waters would be troubled at Bethlehem. But I can't say that word every time. But anyway, as the waters would be troubled, people would run and jump into that water. They had the faith that if they got in there, they would be healed. And I mean, they would sit there and tripping each other. And it would turn into an evil war because everybody wanted to be first. It's like going to a shopping mall on Black Friday. <laughs> Boy, that water's making you get in trouble. Let me go. I don't care who's in the way. I'm going to knock them down. Oh, that's some kind of Christian. But that's what they wanted. That was before God said, all right, I'm going to send my son down there for you. The water was troubled, and they would go down and fight. And they knew if they got in there that they would be healed. There was a woman with an issue of blood, and he was walking down. Christ was walking through, and she said, oh, I know. If I can just touch the hem of his garments, I'll be made whole. She worked her way through that crowd, people. She didn't wait on the water to be troubled. She went down there and touched Jesus' garment, and she was made whole. Jesus stopped and said, oh, somebody touched me. Well, Lord, all these people standing around you, how do you know somebody touched you? There's a lot of people touching you. He said, I felt virtue flowing from my body. Woo! I felt virtue flowing from my body. Come on, if we don't feel something flowing from our body in our spiritual life, we're having trouble. We have got to feel virtue flow from our body. Know when somebody needs something, give it to them. A lot of people say, well, I, I believe in feeding the hungry, and, and I believe in administering to people that sick. But let me tell you, though the last time you ever say, I want to go witness. I believe in witnessing too. Witness is a ministry. Witness is something you can minister to. Witness is something that we all need to do in our everyday life. huh? If people don't know you're a Christian because of your testimony, because of the life you live, maybe you shouldn't tell them you might be a Christian. Hmm. When I go to work, people look at me. And we start talking about church, and it's like they already know I'm a Christian. I hadn't got to tell them, huh? I'm not bragging. But I'm saying the life I live is a testimony out there the same as it is in here. We can't hang this up when we leave this place. we got to take it with us. Too many people want to hang their religion back on the door and pick it up when they come back. What's going to happen when they come back and that religion ain't there? Somebody done stole it from them. The old devil. The old devil's out to get it. He's out to get our salvation. we got to take it back. we got to take back what the devil has taken. And the only way we can do it is get back down on our knees as a church again, people, and start saying, Lord, I need that miracle, God. I need you to trouble the water so I can step in. I need you to send the Holy Ghost like you did on the day of Pentecost as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where we're sitting. Oh, I want the day of Pentecost. I want the day of Pentecost. That's the two things that really stand out in the Bible. It was a special thing. There was something happening there. It wasn't a dead day. It wasn't something that was all boring. But it said, come in like a rushing mighty wind. People knew something was happening. They knew that Christ had done entered in. When the waters were troubled, they knew they was going to get healing. Nowadays, the church, first thing they do when they get sick, where's that medicine cabinet at? They'll go for the teaspoon of prayer later if that don't work. Huh? I think we ought to go for the teaspoon of prayer first. Maybe we don't have to go for the medicine cabinet at all. I'm old fashioned. I'm old fashioned. I was raised that way, and that's the way I live. I go for the prayer first. I go for a lot of prayer, but that's what it takes. I don't want to, to be looking back on my life and say, Lord, I could have done that differently, but I didn't do it, God. God, I could have done that so much more better, but I didn't do it. I want to be able to look back and say, Lord, I'm proud of the way I did for you. I'm proud of the life I lived for you. How many can look back and say they're proud of it, huh? Be honest with yourself. If you can, that's great because that's what we're supposed to be able to do. Don't be ashamed of God. Don't be ashamed of what God gives you. Don't be ashamed to walk with God and talk with God. Because people, if you are living right, you ain't got to say nothing to nobody. They already know it. I have people walking up to me at work and they hello, preacher. And I never told half of them I was a preacher. Pray for me, preacher. I've had them come to mass for prayer. Huh? If you're ashamed for somebody to come up and ask for prayer for you at work, there's something wrong. I stopped right in the middle of what I was doing and laid hands on a co-worker. I don't care. I did it because God told me to. Guess what? That co-worker might not have been a Christian, but I prayed for him anyway because God told me to. Hey, if I lose my job, I'll get another one somehow. God will supply. I'm not worried about it. I've got a job. God gave me a job a long time ago. You can dress all up. Long dresses, long sleeves. Women have the long hair the men have the hair cut off. And you can go in the store. Woo, there goes somebody that must be a hole in this person. But follow them on out the door and follow them down the road a little ways. Wow, they went in that place. I thought they was a holy roller. Man. Huh? It ain't what's on the outside. It ain't what we're doing to the outside. We better be getting the inside ready. I said we better be getting the inside prepared. Woo! If we're not where we need to be with God on the inside, I feel for you. Church, the last thing I want to say today is look back to your first experience and ask yourself, God, do I still feel the same? Have I gotten any stronger or have I gotten weaker? Do you, I feel your power more or do I feel it less? Find out what we need to do to get ourselves where we need to be with God. Because I said it a while ago and I'll say it again. The church is headed for something that it's going to take God to take care of. We're a city that's set on a hill. We're not going to be hid. God knows what's coming. He's preparing us. If we will let him, each and every individual, let him, he will prepare you for what is to come. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for God to take the church home. If God wants me to see the chopping off of heads, if God wants me to see them burned to the stake, whatever God wants me to see, I'll do it, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to have to live through it. It's all up to God. Not up to me. Not up to you. If you think that altering your life in some kind of way to please yourself is going to get you where you need to be with God, you got another thing coming, honey. You're not going to get nowhere where you need to be until you look to God and say, Lord, am I where I was when I first started? Have I backtracked? Have I slid to the side a little bit? Huh? Because he's coming back after a church that's made herself ready. Hallelujah.